0: Son and the Holy Ghost. And there's so many denials of Christ in here, and he said something probably we've all said many times, and we know even St. Peter said this, I would never deny Jesus. Well, the very point of today's service is, to that minute, is that we can, and in fact we do, all the time. So the deniers are not those people, or somebody out there that we have to look at ourselves. Today's liturgy is actually two services, the blessing of the palms and the Palm Sunday Mass. You notice, they, 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 you could have them, celebrate them separately, uh, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't seem to change anything. Each one stands on its own, either fit together, two services. Hence, there are two gospel accounts, one of the triumphal entry and one of the passion. And the two gospels are a study in contrast, which we need to see to look at ourselves and to see ourselves. For example, the blessing of palms, the gospel of the blessing of palms, it's very positive. Uh, the great multitude comes out to receive Christ when he comes into the city. A great multitude. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I was struck at the beginning when they said the, 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 the preparation prayers under the hymn, which is one of the ways it can be done. It's not the way we normally do it here, but it could be done. Uh, and, and from up here, I could hear the prayers and hear you singing. And the joyousness of it was astounding. It really was. I don't think you could have picked up the whole picture the way I did. But this is the way the early church used to celebrate. They're called overlapping prayers. And everybody, it seems like nonsense and noise and confusion to us. But this is the way it was done in the early centuries. And it's still reflected in many of our liturgies. So a great multitude came out to receive him. And they spread their garments on the road and put down palm branches. Actually, they were some people think they were called lulavs and look more like the ones we're using here than, than the, the usual palm fronds that we use in America. Those are okay, but these are more accurate. And it is said that among some scholars that one of the things that was done in processions when they used the lulav is that the people would beat it on the ground and each leaf that fell off represented one's sins. Coming off as they laid them down before the, the king. So the reception of throwing the garment was the way they would receive a king coming in. So it was very positive. And they cried out those lines from the, the Psalms that were that were that were festive and joyous, uh, and maybe even related to some of the, the king's concepts of kingship in the ancient uh, Middle East. So Hosanna or Hoshanah, save us. Uh, I couldn't prove this, but I think it's derived from Aramaic based upon the way it sounds. Uh, and blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. I mean, how positive can you get on that, that response? Then we turn right around and we look at the Passion Gospel. And to the same people, the same people. Now, you can argue that there's lots of people in Jerusalem at this time, uh, and there was a, one group re- reading Jesus, another re- group calling for his execution. But the fact of the matter is that the crowds represent all of us, all of the world, all of people, all the people who were there. And this picture of the, of the trial of Christ and of the passion of Christ is negative. So we go from a positive image to a negative image. The same people that cried out Hoshanah, are the ones who are crying out for Barabbas instead of Jesus. Now you have to understand what this involves. For the Jew of the first century AD, Uh, A a rabbi was held in the highest esteem, and the Gospels point out that Christ was called rabbi because he was seen as a man of great learning, spiritual learning, at least that much. And so they called him rabbi. So he was as much a rabbi as any of the rabbinic rabbis. And Barabbas was Zealot, a Jew by birth and blood, but he was was a secularist. So Zealots were basically secularists with a religious veneer. And the Jewish people in Palestine, in in, in ancient Israel, Judea, did not like the Zealots, primarily because every time they started something, the Romans came down on everybody. So here you have Jesus, who's held in the highest esteem, and Barabbas, who's not, uh, in the culture. And yet, what do they do? They cry out for Barabbas, give us Barabbas, rather than the rabbi. What a change from Hoshanah. And then they say, crucify him. The the people of Judea in the first century AD hated crucifixion, not because some people didn't deserve it, but because it was a Roman way of execution, and the Romans were seen as oppressors. And so to accept crucifixion was to accept the Romans as oppressors, and they couldn't do it, and yet here they were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. It's said that many of the Jewish people used to grieve when even Jewish criminals were executed by the Romans because the Romans were doing it. And so they didn't like this at all, yet they turned right around and changed their colors and compromised themselves. And then we hear false witnesses, Peter's threefold denial, the mocking, the reviling. When challenged, they cried. When challenged about this, they cried. What did they say? His blood be on us and on our children. Wow! And if that's not enough, they say, this sums it up, we have no king but Caesar. We have no king but Caesar. God forbid that any of us should ever have that attitude. And yet, we all know how we are. So really the message is, is in, of this day, in this, this dual feast is this. We are the crowds. It's not those people. It's not the world. It's not We are the crowds. Always on the verge of, if not actually, denying Christ by such things as this transformation that occurs, or the worldliness, or, or any of those things. We want Christ our way, and it doesn't happen that way. And when we want Him our way and we insist on it, we may as well be saying, crucify Him or our blood be on our heads and on our children, or we have no king but Caesar. Because that's basically what we're saying. So, the way of Christ, the way of Christ is always the way of the cross, which is where we're going this week. You know, we don't don't hear stories of the joyous part of things. We hear about the way of the cross. Have this mind in yourselves, we heard St. Paul say today. Have this mind in yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus. And it's called the kenosis text, as you've heard us say in the past. That's the way of the cross. That's the way we're going. And it may start out on a seemingly positive note. You know, when sometimes we have those moments when it's joyous. Just what I experienced in the beginning of this was sort of like that. It was sort of a spiritual high within the middle of all of this. I always like those things when I hear the ancient church acting and it's doing it in us. When we're doing it, that's exciting to me. I guess because I'm a historian, you know, I have a history background, so I think of everything in terms of history. If you haven't figured that out already, oh well. Eventually, in this Christian life, we arrive at the cross. And the problem is, we don't want to hear that because we think of the cross as something negative, but this is the way of life. What we're going to proclaim this week is the way of life that transforms every one of us and makes us be what God wanted in the beginning and separates us from the world out there which is going straight down. So we don't want to be that way. We can join them if we want to. God will let us go. So it starts out on a seemingly positive note. and Eventually we arrive at the cross. Listen to some of the things that, that, that the Christian life expects of us. And you know what I mean when you hear this. When God wants us to love those who are unlovable. When God wants us to forgive those who have hurt us so bad that they are unforgivable. And what were we told by Jesus? If we don't forgive others, we will not be forgiven. And the audacity of us to show here, show up here wanting to be forgiven while not forgiving others. Well, he doesn't deserve it. Well, nobody does, including me. What about praying for enemies? We've all got them. People who've hurt us and we don't like them. And we just soon see them and get what's coming to them. I assure you on Judgment Day, we're not going to be happy when we see those who have hurt us and get what's coming to them. We're not going to like it. So let's start getting used to that now and getting over it now. And what about turn the other cheek? Oh. Do that let them get away with this yes what about obedience not just to the commandments but to the whole concept of obedience even in the church you know we have a channel we go through the bishops we go through the priest of the parish and that's obedience and it is the way it is you can't have it our way and what about embracing humility And one Orthodox writer said, humility is not weakness, it is controlled strength. So when he calls on us and asks us to be humble and to embrace humility, that's the way of the cross. And yet, controlled strength? Look at Jesus in these Passion Gospels. He is God incarnate. He is strong. You see it in the text. And yet it's very controlled. I mean, I hear Pilate saying these things and Jesus is silent and I think, wow, that's control because I would be lashing back and saying something stupid and making the situation bad for myself. God, you're smiling, some of you you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's, our sins are not unique to us, they're common. Uh, this is what we, this is where we want to reject, when we come face to face with this and this truth of ourselves, this is what we want to reject because we want Christ our way. Hence, we, even though we will deny it, we're really saying we will have no king but Caesar. Hence the way of the cross seems so negative. This day, even, this week even seems so negative to us. But it's always life-giving. I, I've said this before, Father Marcus said this, and you've heard it. With the incarnation, the, with the incarnation, the whole story of the incarnation. The pointing is downward toward the cross and Good Friday. Which is where we're going always. The way of the cross, downward. And when we get there, all of a sudden it explodes into life. And that exploding is the resurrection. And I don't mean this as a metaphor. We really, really will be resurrected at the last day. But even now it begins as we begin to be transformed from within. That's one of the consequences of walking the way of the cross, of going where the passion leads us. And then there's the ascension. So it's not just a metaphor, but we are literally taken into the presence of God. Or actually, we're opened up to the presence of God who's already here. But if we don't see it, it's because we're blind. And then what about Pentecost? Being filled with the very life of God. Is that not a transformation? That all comes after the way of the cross. After the passion. But we'd rather have the joy part. All this week, we're going to proclaim this truth in these services. And you know, it's like we're saying to the world and even to ourselves, Look here! Look! This is the way. Walk therein, the prophet said. It's a proclamation to the world, but it's also a proclamation to you and to me. We can deny. We will deny. That's been our history. Not just ours individually, but the history of the human race and vice versa. We want to change that. God wants us to change it. He wants to change it. And transform us. So that that's no longer true. (coughs) It's a big order. And yet, God, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and we can follow where he leads. And where he leads this week, no matter what you hear and see, is really good. I think you'll know it when Easter gets here and we all start proclaiming Christ is risen. That's when we get the sense, oh, wow, something really did happen here. Uh, That's the way it works. So we have to go down into the Passion to get there. God, give us grace to do so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.